What's up, everybody, and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, October 5th, 2020. I'm your host, Imran Khan, and joining me today is the one, the only, Mr. 30 Under 30, Tim Geddes. Tim, how you doing? It's a good Donktober, baby. A nice, brisk Donktober morning. You gotta love it. Good energy going into this one. Donktober kicked off. Blessing and Barrett did the first episode over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Every Saturday, they're going to be playing through Donkey Kong 64, the game of our Lord. I skimmed that episode, and I was like, I was looking, just watching their faces, just trying to see, like, when does the point where the the excited smiles turn into frowns? Mm -hmm. And they they kept it up. They were excited the entire time. The funniest thing is I was watching this and uh, I saw Slack pop up with the thumbnails for this that Andy made of Barrett and Blessing in the roller coaster with the the Kong crew. Mm-hmm. And it just like made me smile because it, it made me think back to when me and my friend Alfredo were the young up and coming kids at IGN and everyone looked at us like, oh, these chuckleheads. And now Kind of Funny has our own chuckleheads. Like yeah. it's, there's a new generation of stupid. It's just great. We have donk positive people here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Tim, we can talk about all that later. Right now, <laughs> we have to talk about this insane rapid our news story weekend we've had. Today's oh, yeah. stories include we got a new Ghost of Shima update, we got Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remaster, we got Cyberpunk going gold, and we got more than that. Because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or listen later on podcast services around the globe. Mm-hmm. Or, wait. By searching okay. for Kind of Funny Games Daily. I totally lost my place in that. <laughs> You're like, like, shit, around the globe. What hap- what's happening around the globe? <laughs> this used to all be like in memory, and I'm like not hosted for so it's long. Been a while. It's like, it just, like, I get 99% of it at some point, just like, the, it just falls off well we're switching the whole schedule around so it's like it's later in the day than normal today so you that's why you're all thrown off because ladies and gentlemen blessing was supposed to be on today uh he was having some dentist issues so he we had to move some things around. greg had a doctor's appointment so we had to change the schedule and then blessing had some issues so now everything's th- blown apart but we appreciate your patience as we try to get through this week yeah we're, we're trying. We're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Right, to be part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze numbers are above get the show our bronze are above get to write in, and silver members are above get the show ad free, along with the exclusive daily post shows. A little bit of housekeeping first. Thank you to our Patreon producers, James Davis at James Davis Makes, Hell Blackjack, yeah. and Tom Buck. Today we're brought to you by Upstart, Quip, and Brooklyn. But Tim will tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> dozen as a reminder oh, yeah. you can give me stars if you think i'm doing a good job in the month of donktober <laughs> wait explain this like where do i give you stars kevin greg greg miller has decided <laughs> that uh at any moment a kind of funny games daily host can give kevin a star for whatever it is we want to give him a star for uh and if he gets 30 stars by the end of the month he will get a pizza party i think it's we 22 take... stars i think it's 22 stars just to be clear yeah is that true 25 the chat is saying okay 25 stars if he gets 25 okay. stars he gets a pizza party we cannot take away a kevin star we can only give him stars and there is a moobot uh that will update us right now it says our kev kev has four gold stars what a good boy we're so proud of our growing boy he needs 25 gold stars to get a good noodle pizza party i think i have five 
I mean, it, you're, like you're on pace. You're good. Oh no, I'm they're, doing great. I'm they're keeping track. So I'm pretty. I mean, the, everyone in the chat is saying five. So <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't know. Gonna, I will not. go ahead. And, I will give you a star, our <laughs> Kevin, for the explanation of that. Oh, All right. For letting me know about it. So Thank now Kevin much. has five stars, but Kevin was lying that the chat was saying he had five. Just like he true. lied. That's this not weekend. true. Just like he lied this weekend when I posted my picture <laughs> of my I first. Did <laughs> I did lie. <laughs> my first. My first win in Super Mario 35. I, I posted a, uh, a picture of me getting the win, and then Kevin posted the exact same picture, <laughs> trying to take credit for it, which so was one of the best it. things he's ever done. Oh yeah, Gary like, Witta believed it. Gary yeah, Witta tweeted at me angrily, thinking I stole it. <laughs> Despite the fact that it says Tim Gettys on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even I notice that. I like I know what the game is, but I know so little about the game. Where it just one of those things like I saw everyone tweeting and I was like, Oh, yeah, it'd be funny. Just steal this image. So I know this is Games Daily and I know we have a lot of news, but real quick, Imran, we gotta mm-hmm. talk about Mario 35. What okay, what's sure. your experience with it so far? So the first one, first time I did, I was like, this is kind of neat. I'm into this. Then the second time I did, I got fifth place. Then the third time I did, I won. And then after that, I was like, I don't really feel the need to play this again. Me too. Like, like Same I, I won. It's fine. It's just that they got like 90% of the way to a really good idea. And yeah. then that last 10% of how does this end doesn't like does not factor in at all. No, you just kind of run in loops over and over, and it doesn't. At some point, it's not challenging anymore. It's just a a a game of who's going to make a mistake first. Yeah, when you know where all the stars are, and it's usually like it goes to the same levels over and over, so you're probably going to know where all the stars are. Then it's not a thing anymore because you're just running through this like wave of enemies and getting all your time back. So the last five people all have 400 seconds all the time. So you're playing against people who have played a lot of Mario One. And know not to like jump into a ditch, and that it's just hoping that one of those people just messes up at some point and jumps into a ditch. Yeah, and it's it was fun and it was cool, and I was shocked at how long the matches last. At least for me, I, I played my first one and I got third, and then my second time I got first, and I was like, "This is so easy!" Like I don't understand. And then I kept playing, and then I started like making mistakes earlier, and I'm like, "Okay, cool. I'm not just a savant at this." It's like yes. there actually there is a lot of uh, chances of you getting totally screwed if if enough people attack you at once. But there's a lot of mechanics in the game that I just feel like are unnecessary, like being able to spend coins on power ups. Yeah, I've never had the need for that. Like there was never a single time that I was like, oh man, I wish I had a power up right now that I couldn't just easily get in the level. Yeah. And like it's it if that unbalances things a little too much, I think. Like if you didn't have that, if it was just reliant on what was actually in that stage and you had to know that stage, I think that would be way better. And it would actually like it would probably end matches. But since you get so many coins everywhere that you could start every level by just going like, okay, 20 coins, whoop, got a fire flower. Now I'm safe again. Mm-hmm. And that means that matches don't end. Like you were talking about the length of matches. I think like the one I won on was like 20 to 25 minutes exactly. or something absurd like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird one for sure. I appreciate that it exists, but I am not shocked that it's going to go away at some point. It does feel undercooked. Yeah. Speaking of things not going away though, the Ghost of Shima update has been dated and detailed today. We got this from the PS blog and partly from Adam Bankers at IGN. The Ghost of Tsushima Legends was revealed back in August 2020 and is a new online cooperative multiplayer experience that features two players, two player story missions and four player survival missions, as well as a raid that will be released, quote, weeks following launch. 
It is also said to be, quote, haunting and fantastical with locations and enemies inspired by Japanese folktales and mythology and an emphasis on cooperative, cooperative combat and action. So basically, this is the multiplayer update that you are downloading separately from the PS Store. But it is a, it's not standalone. You do need the actual game. But it's like, it's kind of more of what I wanted, I think, from Ghost of Tsushima. Of like, when you do missions in that game and it's like, oh, it's a Kappa that's, you know, causing problems because that's what people believe that, like, in that mythology, then you go, it's like, oh, it's just bandits. This time it's actually a Kappa. And that sounds more interesting to me with all this <laughs> stuff. So there are four classes in there the Samurai, the Hunter, the Ronin, and the Assassin. Missions need two players that progress, they progress in difficulty along the way survival missions which is horde mode needs four players and the raid which is i assume a destiny like raid thing that's the nomenclature we use for this stuff is needs four people with top tier gear so that all sounds cool tim I, did you ever end up playing Sushima? i ended up not i missed it because uh, i forgot what was going on during that time but i i totally missed out on ghosts is a multiplayer thing a thing that might get you in or no no absolutely not i mean the big <laughs> thing is like uh I, I think it was like health shit that was going on for me when that was happening but then after that uh kevin and greg were talking about it and kevin was like this is a kevin ass game it is not going to be a tim game and greg said the same thing and i'm like all right you're yeah you're already like convincing me like i don't need to do this add the multiplayer stuff totally not for me having said that this is awesome i yes. love this type of love and care especially for free being put into this. And this is the type of thing I want to see from these game devs where they put out this polished AAA product. And then this is the perfect time to put this out after launch, right? First yeah. game coming out July, right? Mid-July. And yeah. then coming in October, riding out that PS4 way, going into the P- October. <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, riding out October, going into the PS5, giving a new life to a new IP for Sony is such a great thing to just strengthen PlayStation studios and also prove that, look, we don't just have naughty dog. We don't just have uh, insomniac. We also have sucker punch and sucker punch means something now in the same way that gorilla now means something and them doing this. Hopefully they nail it. And I kind of feel like they're going to. Yeah. And that's going to be great to give extra life to these single player experiences. And it's also like a good idea as as you're wrapping up a console generation going like, hey, we have these multiplayer games that you're kind of interested in. Maybe buy a new PS5 so you can keep playing this stuff as it goes on. Because at this point, I'm kind of wondering, like, I assume Last of Us Factions is coming before the end of the year, maybe early next year. You still think that? Maybe. Like, they, they said they're working on it, right? They said they're working on it. But, I mean, I imagine we're getting real close to the end of the year. Like... I think that they're going to wait for the PS5 to come out and let that kind of have its moment and then bring Last of Us 2 back. I mean, seeing how PlayStation's been doing their rollout of PS5 is a lot different than I expected them to. So the fact that Spider-Man Remastered exists, I'm convinced that a Last of Us 2 complete edition with factions is going to exist. And I think that with that, you don't want that coming out too early next to Miles Morales and Demon's Souls. So February, March... I could, yeah, I could see February, March. I could also just like, I could see them just dropping it in December and be like, hey, now you can actually buy a PS5. Here's a good reason to, even though I'm sure it's also going to be on PS4 and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. if it does complete with the complete edition, I expect, yeah, we're talking early next year. Yeah. I think even February might be too early. Like yeah. somewhere March to May, I can see that happening. Or even just all the way to June. But who knows? Who knows with where we're at? Who knows where Ratchet's at? Like, there's a lot of questions. 
I think February would be good because they they could match the original release date for Last of Us Two before they end up delaying it. <laughs> Just be yeah. like, yeah, now factions out. Kevin, you like Ghost of Tsushima? Are you interested in this multiplayer edition thing? Yeah, I'm extremely interested. This is what uh, class are you gonna play? Because I need to figure out my class as well. Oh, I haven't done no research. I'll play whatever class you don't want to play. Like I'm down. Yeah, you know I, mean? I. Yeah, I, like, I do like Samurai. I, I'm, not like good, I'm not good at shooting arrows at people. I I think I was pretty okay at it, but we'll see. I need to you need to get that muscle memory back. But yeah, in addition to all that multiplayer stuff, there is also a new patch coming for the single player content. There's a new game plus with a new horse, new <laughs> charms. There's a currency now called Ghost Flowers, which you can give to a new NPC that will get you those new vanity items. And all this is coming October 16th, so it's not it is not far away at all. Where it's like 11 days away. Mm-hmm. Which it's is crazy. It is a bold time to release something that is going to require some time to play, but maybe that's the point. I need to finish yeah. the main game. I'm Here's so the thing, close. though. It's been this way for years with, with video games, but, like, there is no good time to put out a game anymore. Like, back in the day, it was like, oh, man, January. And when I say back in the day, I mean, like, three, four years ago. <laughs> it was like, that was a gold mine. But now everyone's there. But it's like, there's no time that everyone isn't there, right? Yeah. So I feel like with this, this is the perfect time for it to come out because – there's no other good time until 2021. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I'm, I was really shocked when they first announced it of, hey, we have this really big expansion for this game coming. It's not what you think it is. It's not a single-player content stuff. And that was like a month after release. Like, I feel like we had just done the review for the game. Yeah. So it is extre- it's extremely cool that they're doing this. And also that it's just like, there was not months of anticipation waiting for it. It's like, okay, cool. Like, the, now this thing is just coming out and we can actually just jump right in and play it yeah i mean we knew about factions way before last of us 2 came out yeah and it's still not out whereas this (laughs) you know we heard about it and it's coming out in in less time i do think it's a different type of situation i think that naughty dog had to get ahead of the fact that multiplayer wasn't coming with last of us 2 right whereas this is more of a hey here's a cool surprise yeah it's a new idea i like that they're kind of treating this as a different thing like ghost of tsushima legends like giving it that kind of like you know, different name and different like vibe of like it's the same game but different. I think it's pretty rad. Yeah, that's historical Japan and on a PlayStation system. But let's talk about modern Japan and modern PlayStation <laughs> systems. The PS5 default selection button is going to be X for the first time ever in Japan. This is from Jordan Allman at IGN. Insane. The PS5 will mark the first time that the X input is a default selection button in Japan after 26 years of the circle being used to confirm selections. The news emerged as part of a raft of Japanese media PS5 previews, which covered games, hardware, the DualSense controller, and more. While the X button has always been the Western player selection button, Circle has, all, has been used for the past four generations for PlayStation consoles in Japan. Twitter user Kenji Iguchi makes clear what a major change this is, knowing that muscle memory will be hard to overcome for many Japanese players. He notes that in Japan, the Circle symbol is associated with good, okay, correct. This and the placement of the A button on the far right of the popular SNES controller are said to have influenced Sony's initial decision to offer a different control scheme for PlayStation in Japan. This is also why on the Nintendo Switch, the A button's on the right, the B button's on the bottom, which may take some getting used to for Western players. However, in 2020, it seems that Sony has decided to standardize the control scheme across all regions, starting with the PS5. A Famitsu preview makes clear that Japanese games themselves continue to use the circle button to confirm, while the system uses X. It seems likely that players will be able to remap buttons in the system settings, but it's not confirmed as of yet. So yeah, this has always been like, I guess, gaming lore that 
they've always had to readjust it when it comes to America because America does have X as the confirm button as the bottom button. Xbox kind of continued that with A down there as well. And I guess Sega, Dreamcast and all that. But in Japan, they've always had it different, which has been sometimes confusing when, say, like mm-hmm. a Hideo Kojima game comes out and they don't change any of that because... Or Final Shuffle, Fantasy. Yeah. And I remember it causing some weird problems in uh, Final Fantasy 15, right? Where jump and accept were on the same button in America, but not in the oh, West. Yeah. So, I like, mean, when so you, anytime yeah, you were when, walking over to like a treasure chest, trying to actually get it to confirm was always a pain and a half. Yeah, but it was easier in Japan because they had a different setup for that sort of thing. So, like, I can see why Sony is changing things now. On the other hand, it seems like this should have been easy enough to just put, like, a thing when you boot a PS5 up of, like, hey, do you want the system setting to be here or there? And yeah. that should have just been it. Like, there should have been no need to dramatically standardize this for everybody. I but- I don't know. I mean, I, I'm saying this is somebody who they're standardizing it the way that I like and mm-hmm. I'm used to. So I get that it, there's a bias there. But I think standardization is important for this type of things because uh, even if I, I also agree with you that there should always be the options to customize your controllers how you want to. Having said that, I think that there needs to be a standard so that when you pick up a controller, there's an understanding of the language of what you're you're trying to do so it doesn't get confusing. And that goes to Nintendo as well. It's like they should not have their A button on the right. Like that is going against how we're used to playing games at this point. And it, they're never going to change. Because I think they're, it, no, they're Nintendo. For, they don't give a shit about what people actually think. I think for them, changing admits to the public or the world that they think they're wrong or that other, they are acquiescing. Mm-hmm. defeat to like other like setups so mm-hmm. they're they consider this their iconic thing and i guess sony also considers like these symbols their iconic thing but but my problem with, my problem with nintendo as a lifelong nintendo fan is it's not like this was always the way mm-hmm. it's like when you look back to uh how things used to be it's like the a and b at some point went like this to like that and it's just like that's it, it's a weird choice like when you look at the nes snes N64, like the lineage, and compare it to the Game Boy, there was like a weird flip at some point. And it's just like, why would you make that choice? They, it's always been B at bottom, or B, B was originally on the left, A was originally on the right, then they added X and Y above them. Mm-hmm. Then that was like, th- that was the original diamond, was uh, Zaby, X A B Y. So I think with the N64, obviously different because they added that weird thing like the C buttons, and it made like a, a half-ass six-button controller. Then GameCube, I think, is where it just got completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. But I think DS is the one that brought it back, and they've been mostly hearing to that since. But, but here's the thing. Like, with the, uh, the GameCube, the A, what would you associate the A button with? Like, what? Except? Like, I, like it's, it's go the forward. The bottom. The bottom button, right? No, I would... I think A is the main button. When you play Tony Hawk, when you play Tony Hawk on the GameCube controller, it acts as the X button, and that makes sense. When you're when you're just holding it, and the B button acts as square, because that's how it feels. I don't think GameCube adheres to a like a diamond configuration, though. Like it's a weird, but like the, tentacle but N- monster thing. N64 is the same thing though, where A is on the bottom. B yes, that, is. I, I admit that N64 so and GameCube fuck the entire thing up. But I do. But I, I they just keep switching. Yeah, they do just keep switching. Like I, there was the Amazon Luna controller, which just looks like a Pro controller straight up. It looks like it even has the same shell, but it has the Xbox button arrangement, and that will be confusing as hell. Mm-hmm. But, it's always been weird, man. I, and I've just never liked it because, like, I, it goes back to me of running and jumping as Mario. 
it's mm-hmm. weird that at some point that flipped of how your thumb is positioned on the controllers. Yeah. For me, it's like uh, holding Y and holding or pressing B for jump. Mm-hmm. But I think Mario, Mario, Super Mario World had what? It was X was the the spin jump, and A and B were both jump, regular jump. Uh-huh. And Y was run. So it was already already weird and fucked up by that time anyway. Yeah, because they should have just stuck with what yeah. everyone else went with. <laughs> yeah, Super Mario World was strange, but like... I don't know. I, I don't see Nintendo ever changing. I don't see them doing something like this where they like say, okay, we're moving. We're, we want one standardized button thing because right now their Japanese model is their international model. I think this is a case of Sony going, our American model is the international model now. PlayStation is an American company now. We're doing this thing. So I'm sorry, Japan, you just kind of have to deal. Mm-hmm. Which, again, going back to the FF15 thing, maybe that's for the best. Mm-hmm. like Because now people can design around this thing, knowing that there's one standard and they don't have to make jump and accept the same button. Yeah. And I think the most interesting bit of this is that this news came out from Japanese influencers being able yes. to play the PlayStation 5 before Western influencers, which is a direct contradiction to what you just said. But I kind of love it. I love that this is so fucking weird and bizarre and it feels like such an anti-Xbox move. And like, look, at the end of the day, seeing all these uh, Japanese players with the PS5 on my Twitter timeline via retweets and stuff is opening my eyes in a way where I'm like, yeah, they exist. Yeah. I don't know these people, but they're out there and they're huge. <laughs> it's, it's super cool to like that. People got hands on with this thing. Did you actually watch any of the videos? Mm-hmm. I, I skimmed through some stuff. I skimmed through them like a little bit too, but like, so like I can't tell if the, the black part is glossy or if it's just like a, a plastic strip on top or something. It is way bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, me like, too. There's that, there's that one like AR image that's kind of floating around. And, like That's apparently, you know, it's AR, so it's not accurate. Mm-hmm. But even just seeing the DualShock and the person next to it, that thing is huge. That thing is like Eye of Sauron big. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I think that I'm going to have to clear out the bottom part of my glass TV stand mm-hmm. of systems so I can put, just put that thing there because I'm afraid it's going to be too heavy for the top part and will actually come crashing down. Yeah. Hey, man, that's just where we're at now. And again, I, I have my own thoughts aesthetically about these machines, but at the end of the day, I just want it to work well and have mm-hmm. a fan that works and doesn't overheat and go fucking crazy. And if it being this size does those things, cool. Sign yeah. me up. We all know we're going to get a slim model at some point anyways, and it's going to solve all of these problems. It's how these things work, is they put something out, they tell you this is how it should be, and then a couple years later, they're like, well, actually, we're going the opposite, <laughs> you know, and we're going to get that. Well, with last generation, they went bigger, too. But right? they were the really slim as well, yeah. No, no, I know. So, I'm just saying, like, with last generation, we got both. Yes. bigger sexier stronger yeah but then you look at xbox and they went from gigantic with the original xbox one down to both the s being smaller and the x being even smaller the x is like a really nice dense console that it's heavy, i love it but it's like is i don't here's the thing about the xbox one x is i never think about what that thing looks like it is a nondescript black box as it sits on my console it's a 10 it's out of 10 for function yes it's i love like, it like but also, it's not iconic, I guess. I guess that's what Sony's kind of going for this time, is people are going to know what the PS5 looks like. Whether they think it's ugly as hell or not, they are going to know, hey, that, that giant tower of mass, whatever the hell that thing is, is a PlayStation 5. It demands and, attention. 
yeah, I don't know that Series X is also in that same area, but maybe that's kind of what they're going for. I think it is. The Series X, I think, is a weird enough shape that doesn't look like a traditional console that, like, it's people are going to be like, huh, what's that? And I'm talking about, you know, non-gamers. I'm talking about, like, my friend's wife who's going to, like, see this Xbox Series X on my friend Curran's uh, console and be like, why the hell do you have a computer over there, you know? Right. Like it's it's a shift in design for sure. At least in in what in traditional console design of what we're used to putting in our home theaters or in our home entertainment systems. Ha, have either of you guys seen a Series X in real life? No. 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 Okay. I I I was at Blessings and he had one. Uh, his uh, roommate had one, and uh, the the PlayStation Five. Like I I know I I tweeted out a comparison picture that ended up being like off. But uh, if it's any bigger, like I'm shocked at how extremely large it's gonna be, because it, yes. it's it's a big boy, the Xbox Series X. Like I mean, it's cool because it's very sleek and eat like simple. But like <laughs> the PlayStation Five is gonna be fucking enormous. Right, we have official like numbers at this point of like how big that thing is, and it yeah, is but bigger. Numbers than don't X. mean anything, you know? They don't necessarily, <laughs> but like we'll see how that looks. <laughs> Oh, Kevin, you get a gold star for that one. That that made me laugh. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. You hear that, chat? Put it in the bot! Alright, speaking of giving gold stars for effort, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit <laughs> Remaster was announced. Kevin, we have a trailer for this one, which I don't know, Tim, if you've seen this trailer. Hold on, hold on one second. Greg Miller's call... Oh, oh we're gonna get Greg more Miller was next. calling me. Hands I'm going to call him back. I'm going to call him back, see what the hell he wanted. I meant Series right. X. People in the chat are freaking out. I meant Series X. Yeah, Series X is smaller. Sorry, you moved on so quickly. I was like, oh, I missed my window. No, Greg Miller, you're live on Kind of Funny Games Daily. What's up? I think the PS5 looks gigantic, and I think it's definitely going to call attention to it. But as someone with the Series X underneath my TV right now, I think it is also humongous and calls attention to itself. Like, you've been to my house. You know how I have my entertainment center with the, you know, pull out a drawer beneath it and then the two consoles on there. And I think when it's been PS4 and Xbox One X sitting next to each other, you know, you, they're just there and you don't think about it. And granted, it's because it's brand new, but now that the Series X is there, like, it takes up the entire space of, like, if there, there's, like, no light escaping from the back of it. Like, it's that <laughs> big. So I think, it, like, it, it looks weird right now because it's not the normal shape or whatever that's usually there. But I especially, and I have it on its side. I especially think when you have a PS5 on there, both of these things, people are going to come over and be like, what the hell are those? Yeah. Greg, uh, Tim, can you ask for oh, a second screen sorry, experience? Well, sorry, what, one second, Greg. What do you want? Can you ask for a second screen experience of the setup? Uh, Greg, can you take a picture and send it to Kevin? <laughs> or tweet it out. Okay. Or tweet it out. I don't know. Whatever. I wish I could take <laughs> away a star. All right, bye. <laughs> I love you guys that you made can. rules that you cannot take away stars. I feel like that's going to fire on you quite a bit. Yeah, I know. I know. Wait, okay. So here we are. We're getting to Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered. Before mm-hmm. watching this trailer, Imran, is it a remake of the like PS2 Hopper suit? No, it is the 360 uh, PS3 one. Got so, it. So something no one's asking for. And wait, hold well, on. Let me let me get this straight in my mind. Hopper suit two was on PS2. Hopper suit one. Yes. PS1. I believe so. Then they renamed the like this one. They like just used the old title. And I believe this is the last Criterion made Need for Speed game. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Let's check out the trailer. Yeah, it is a two-minute-long trailer that is primarily live action. Exactly what we want from a Need for Speed game. 
Uh, sorry, guys. Give me two seconds. No worries. All good. While you're doing that, Kevin, I will say this this one is coming for PS4, Xbox, and PC on November 6th. The Switch version comes a week later on November 13th. Do mm. you guys mm. want to hear it? I think it would be best if we could hear it. Okay. I'll get that happening in like two Thank seconds. Thank you. And now, look, I, I know that nostalgia rules my life in many ways. <laughs> and especially with all these remakes and things that I've had uh, recently, like I think it's proven that my nostalgia can be uh, both proven right and proven wrong, depending mm. on the property. And there's a certain balance that needs to happen in order for it to, to matter. But like my nostalgia is for underground. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Hot, Hot Pursuit 2 on PS2 was rad. Like that game was like what proved to me that like Need for Speed is an annual game that you that if you're a gamer, you need to pay attention to the Need for Speed franchise. Right. But then Underground just kind of was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Let's watch this trailer. Kevin, you guys all set up? Yes, indeed I am. All right, let's go. Keep checking if he's online. He never is. <laughs> Wait, this is amazing. Yes, <laughs> it just keeps going like this. Dude. Five ten. How? Five ten on the clock. <laughs> Hiya, can I um, get a coffee and a bagel? Five ten, please. This is unbelievable. (laughs) You can see why I insisted we watch this. Yes. Oh my God, I'm sleeping. Dude, this is so good. It's weirdly well shot, isn't it? (laughs) Dude, the girlfriend rolling the eyes is so good. They're baking on people having a lot of nostalgia for Hot Pursuit, which I'm not sure is accurate, but it is pretty funny. Like, this commercial oh, is 509, so baby! 509! <laughs> Dude, I was there for this, man. That was like the comeback <laughs> of the century. Holy shit. That might be, like, there was a gif of me that Corey Cudney made when uh, Fast and Furious Crossroads was announced at the Game Awards, where I said, I have never been more hyped for something that I don't actually want. Right. Yes. And this might be this might beat that. This might beat that. Cause like this is not the Need for Speed game that I want to see remade. But my God, this might be the best piece of marketing I've ever seen for a video game. It's like like it's legitimately it's like a TV drama in two minutes of yeah. oh, oh damn, he's he just can't live past this five ten and then the Need for Speed Pursuit Remaster comes out. I don't I don't understand how I didn't see the five oh nine coming. <laughs> like, I don't know, but they got me, man. Holy shit. 
what a feel good moment. <laughs> All right. To, to go be, through what that trailer did show us, it has enhanced visuals. All the DLC is included. Crossplay between all platforms, I assume, means include Switch. Play in up to 4K 60 FPS and enjoying previous higher res models, shadows, reflections, more objects and props, longer draw distance, boost detectors, more particles, and improved AA slash SSAO. So basically, it, it seems like a pretty good remaster. I might want it because of that commercial. Like, yeah, totally. Honestly, that marketing worked on me really well. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to look up reviews of this one because like, I remember that this one was actually like well-received. Right, yeah. It was, yeah, a- it was. Okay, 9 out of 10 IGN, 9 out of 10 Steam, 86% Metacritic. Yeah, it's just good for them. Yeah. You know, good for them. This but, is it's a the feel good movie of the year was a Need for Speed Hot Pursuit commercial. Who would, this is way better than the Need for Speed movie. I'll tell you that, <laughs> man. Yeah, that was that was something, man. But uh, one day I hope we get a Need for Speed Underground remake. They need to keep the soundtrack and they need to just go hard with it. Yes, I want all. Can you imagine ray tracing and Need for Speed Underground? Those streets are going to look slick as hell. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, now that Criterion is getting back into the Need for Speed business, I'm hoping that they do make a new game that channels what was good about their their older games. So mm-hmm. this gives me hope, I guess, that they are in a place where they understand what Need for Speed was and mm-hmm. try to ma- marry that to a modern concept. Yeah. All right, Damon, Man, I'm, I'm, a- I'm riding high right now. <laughs> 509, <laughs> baby! <laughs> Let's write a little bit higher because we got a quick hit, hit here. Cyberpunk 2077 has gone gold. This Can you believe out. it? Can you believe yeah. it, Imran? This that game means- is actually coming out November yeah. 19th. It's not it- getting delayed. I didn't believe it wasn't going to get delayed until this moment right now. Yeah, they were making some noises recently like, yeah, we're not really happy with the combat. And stuff like that that made me think, okay, if it got delayed, I wouldn't be shocked at this point. Like, maybe I'm just numb to it a little bit, but... This stuff now it is there's a 1.0 that it will be on a disc somewhere. I don't think that's Keanu Reeves' hands. Yes, in CG Keanu Reeves' hands, who like the more I look at him, the more like (laughs) I can see the Keanu Reeves aspect of it, but there's like a weird uncanny valley thing, especially with his hair. Who else does he look like? Who else does he look like? Like Mm -hmm. he looks like Keanu Reeves for sure. It's just he looks like cartoon Keanu Reeves. I guess he kind of is. To me, he looks like if Keanu Reeves was cosplaying as Kevin Coelho. I think his yes. hair looks beautiful. Kev, Kev, can you can you bring up the picture we're talking about right now? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's I the game has officially gone like there is a thing on a disc. Who knows if it's actually playable? They might be like squashing bugs and adding content right up until the day. But there is a thing now that more or less ensures discs are going to get printed, stuff is going to get sent to stores. They can't really back out now. Yeah. I mean, they could, but. That's not the picture I'm talking about, Kev, but hold on. It's the the tweet that's in the, the doc. I'm putting it in, in the Discord right now. All right. Oh. Boom. Oh, I see what you're saying here. Yeah. It is Uncanny Valley Keanu, which somehow turns into Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at this and I think I need to lose weight. And Can you get imagine? Arm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin, Halloween costume. Yes, absolutely. I don't like that uh, Halloween's not real this year. You need to go as Johnny Silverhand. <laughs> Is that his name? That's not yeah, his name. Yeah, dude. That's his fucking name. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. I already have the tactical vest. 
<laughs> and the robot arm. Walk around with a gold disc like this, and just like, like, yeah, yeah, gold. Oh man, I like oh, this idea man. a lot. You guys are winning me <laughs> <Yeah>. over. <laughs> All right. Still, that's very cool. Cyberpunk coming soon. Are you, are you playing this game, Tim, on one of the the current gen consoles? I am playing Cyberpunk 2077 on the PC, baby. I'm okay. going what? all in. Oh my god. This is going to be the the gateway drug into the Tim Gettys doing this super right. I'm trying to give Cyberpunk the best chance possible at blowing my mind and letting me just get full in on a crazy open world game. So much about this game is an anti-Tim Gettys thing. Seems like a lot of time has to be put into this, a lot of just doing things I don't want to do if those VR missions or in-game VR missions are, are anything uh, to go by. Having said that, dude. It, the style, the, everything about this is just oozing cool shit that yeah. speaks to me. I might be a basic ass bitch. I like neon. I don't care. Sue me. Okay. Keanu Reeves is Johnny Silverhand. I'm fucking in for it. All right. So it's like, I'm trying to give this game a shot. I want to see this game through. And I hope that it doesn't lose me in the way that these games normally do. Uh, but that's a me thing, right? I know that there's the quality there. And that's the thing is Witcher. I never gave a shot because I'm like, you guys can tell me how good it is. I don't care about this type of fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the type of thing I'm like, cool. The, the guys that CD Projekt Red, the guys that you've been talking about for years of Witcher 3, GOAT, making cyberpunk. I mean, they gave me my favorite bomber jacket of all time. <laughs> Hopefully they're going to give me one of my favorite games of all time. But yeah, I'm going yeah. to play it on uh, on PC. Yeah, that's kind of where I am too. It was like, I, I'm sure it will be a decent experience on current gen consoles. And if, if this were not such a big game that we have to talk about it for Game of the Year, for sure. Like, that's going to be a conversation. I might just wait a couple of months for a next-gen version. But since it's not, since, like, we do have to talk about it, I'm going PC all the way on this one. Let's go, man. <laughs> Let's Woo! do it. Do uh, we know, does this support super ultra-wide? I would assume so, but I have no idea personally. Okay. Kind of funny would- com slash you're wrong, you can tell us. Tim, that was my next question for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Which I think is 32 by 9. <laughs> All right. We got a little bit of Ubisoft to talk about. Remember Hyperscape, Tim? Remember that Battle Royale Ubisoft released a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. They are already overhauling it three months after launch. This is from Wesley LeBanc at IGN. Ubisoft is overhauling Hyperscape just three months after the game's launch. Hyperscape was released back in July as a free-to-play online Battle Royale on PC. It eventually made its way to consoles in August, but the game's console launch did, quote, not achieve the high expectations Ubisoft has set for the game. Studio said it was aware that it did not meet player expectations either, and as a result, the studio is working on a large overhaul to the game's combat, game modes, player goals, and more. Quote, with July's launch and open beta on PC, or sorry, while July's launch and open beta on PC were successful, we were not able to achieve the high expectations we set for ourselves with our full console release that followed in August. A Hyperscape blog post made on September 30th reads, we also know we didn't meet the, we didn't fully meet the high expectations of our players, so we're taking action. We have more work to do to get there, but our team is fully committed to the challenge. The blog post breaks down over the overhaul into five different sections combat comfort onboarding game modes player goals and crossplay. ubisoft says it's always intended for hyperscape ceiling to be high but admits that skill floor is too high which results in a different experience for new players specifically ubisoft says it's too hard to aim track and consistently damage players and eliminate them especially on console so i i personally think 
there's probably not room for hyperscape in this battle royale market i mm-hmm. as fun as that game may be and i've not i've never tried it i can't speak to it the market's crowded already and there's no hook to this game that gets it people to go from say apex or fortnite or even pubg to this thing mm-hmm. so i don't think i don't know how much overhauling this game is going to help it i agree however i do think that ubisoft is looking at this as they don't have a battle royale they want to have a battle royale now they do and i think that this is good news overall like i don't look at it as like oh man they're overhauling already i look at it as hey this is a a publisher and with a bunch of studios that have learned in the last generation of games that their games tend to work better years later. Yeah. And I think that this is an example of them realizing that earlier to get ahead of it. So it doesn't take the year that Rainbow Six Siege took to turn into what it is, right? And uh, the division, whatever, go on and on and on of how these games actually flesh out. Will this work for this? I don't know, because I agree. I think the Battle Royale genre is is pretty crowded. At some point, we're going to have Battle Royale games, 99 of them, you know, put onto an island. But... <laughs> I also think that there is, they don't, it doesn't need to be number one for it to have a place. And I think that this could have enough players give a shit in a hardcore way. Because one of the things about this game is that it seems to be harder. And the the skill ceiling, like they're talking about, is is a little bit higher than some of the other ones. And I think that there is room for that on the competitive side, especially when you look at Rainbow Six Siege and how big their esports kind of side of things is and i'm not talking big like dota levels i'm talking big as in they make a big deal out of it themselves and it doesn't need to be the biggest thing because it's huge by itself and that's all it needs to be so i i hope that this works and i i do think that this is good news overall for ubisoft right it is it will it's good that they're reactive and hopefully yes they do find the space but it's like this game should have come out a year prior it should have been out, like, maybe not even, it should have been before that. Like, mm-hmm. I think if this had come out a lot next to Apex or before Apex, then it would have been a general, genuine fight of, okay, which is going to be the player control, high skill ceiling FPS that, or Battle Royale FPS that we want to get into. And Hyperscape, I think, is nipping at the heels of things that are already in the market and already popular. And at some point, you're trying to carve out a niche of a niche. Mm-hmm. And that becomes extremely difficult in the best case scenarios. So, yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. It is, I I applaud them the effort, but personally looking at it, I'm thinking just from an analytical perspective, I don't see a situation where this game suddenly takes off. If it can get, yeah. like, to Rainbow Six levels, that would be great for it and great for Ubisoft, but even that's a little iffy. Yeah, totally. But I think it's possible. And I also don't think it needs to be those levels. I think it could be lower than that and still be a success and still be worth the investment and if the quality of the game can get there that's great Mm -hmm. but we'll see wasn't there a thing recently where they were like this is in the watchdogs universe or am i crazy i didn't hear that i don't know oh no assassin's creed there's abstergo stuff that's what it is so Mm -hmm. there's like i wonder at what point they start making crossover stuff to like get people into the game of like here is like, like mm. okay here's just the Ezio hood like just yeah do, buy this and come play the game pretend you're Ezio with a gun yeah which I mean Ubisoft has a big enough catalog to do that they've done it a million times now with putting you know Sam Fisher in everything except his own game <laughs> yeah I wonder how like that's out out already right the Rainbow Six one 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know no one's talked about it, which <laughs> is either in good news or not, because like people are not yelling about it anymore. So who knows? But also on a little bit of downer news for Ubisoft. Ubisoft CEO explains how the company is aiming to change to prevent abuse. This is from Joe Scribbles and Matt Kim at IGN. Ubisoft CEO Yves Guimont has emailed employees of the company today, providing an update on the publisher's investigations into abuse and highlighting, quote, four closely related areas in which we need to improve quickly, end quote. Ubisoft has been racked by numerous accusations of sexual, verbal, and systemic abuse, with multiple senior staff members leaving and being fired from the company. In an email provided to IGN, Guimont explains that explains the subsequent independent investigations, sharing that 2,000 employees participated in the listening sessions, 14,000 responded to anonymous surveys, and 100 interviews were conducted, with, and 40 focus groups were held. Following this audit, Ubisoft has identified, quote, four closely related areas in which we need to improve quickly, end quote. One, guarantee a working environment where everyone feels respected and safe. Two, put in diversity and inclusion at the heart of everything we do. Three, refocus and strengthen our HR function. And four, make the managers of our group accountable and empower them. According to Ubisoft's internal investigation, roughly 25% of employees, quote, have experienced or witnessed some form of workplace misconduct in the last two years, and that one in five do not, free, do not freely fully respected, do not feel, sorry, fully respected. <laughs> there was a, the, a typo in IGN. The, the, like, typo, the IGN typo says, do not feely fully. <laughs> <laughs> do not feel fully respected or safe in the uh, work environment. Ubisoft says it's ramping up specialized help and support for employees, along with enacting mandatory anti-sexism and anti-harassment training. Guimau mentions it has already carried out disciplinary actions as a result of its inter internal investigation, but in the future, the code of conduct will be revised and enforced going forward. So, this is a lot of things to say, hey, we're aware of the problems and we're working to fix them. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much I believe them. Yeah. And like that's natural, just corporate skepticism as well. But like Ubisoft, especially, has done their damnedest to make sure people don't know about this. Like there, were, there have been the past two Ubisoft forwards where they did their like they did not include those uh, acknowledgments before in the video because they didn't want to mix marketing and their I guess reputational scandal at the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know how public they're going to be about this and how much they're going to change it. 25% is a big number. It's to, insane. Like, that is a quarter of your employees of a place that has thousands and thousands of employees that have witnessed or had done to them harassment of some and, sort. And then in addition to that, 20% do not feel respected or safe. Yeah. Like, that is, that's real not good. But they're putting that forward. They're saying that. Those numbers publicly? They're not. Then who they, is? They sent it are people who received the internal email from Guimont sent it to IGN. Yeah. See, I mean, like that's this this whole situation fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. And it's just like we we need to allow people to make better decisions. Yeah. Right? We can still criticize when they make the better decisions for not being good enough. Right. So I look at this and I'm like, cool, at least them putting forward the four closely related areas in which we need to improve quickly. I agree with all of those things. Yeah. Right. And this is a good step forward. How much is, is that step actually going to affect things? We'll have to wait and see, you know, but at least this is the direction that they're trying to go. At least they're even saying this. It could be worse. It could yeah. be better. 
That's why we're talking about it, though. It's important that these things get talked about because every single time we do, more and more people are aware and more and more people are going to try to hold them accountable and look at these four things and in a year look at Ubisoft and question, did they do this? So Nanobiologist writes in saying, Happy Monday, y'all. Late Friday, a new survey from Ubisoft came out and said that one in four people experience or witness misconduct. Is there any hope to save a company that has misconduct riddled throughout it? Can Eves even say now they had no idea without just looking like an awful CEO? What can you even expect at this point? While they, yes, they have been making meaningful changes very slowly, heck, even people who are leaving willingly have been ousted as awful people from a company that has just had hit after hit. Thanks, nanobiologist. I, one thing I want to focus on here, yeah, Eves Gimo probably needs to go. Like, his company will always, or his family will always own Ubisoft in some way, but he needs to not be acting CEO if only as a symbolic gesture to the fact that all this went on beneath him. And if he did know, if he did not know, he's massively incompetent. If he did know and ignored it, then he's like, that's at least ethical malfeasance, if not criminal at some point. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's interesting. And I, I, I'm with you in the sense that like with where UB is at right now, of how much has come out in the last couple of months, like figureheads are important. They're figureheads right they are the face and for him to kind of be the face of all this bad stuff yeah if for symbolism alone i feel like him leaving would back up these statements of what they're looking to achieve and i also it's a it's kind of hard to swallow all this because did you talk about the michelle ansel stuff at all uh i I didn't talk about the i talked about him leaving um the projects i didn't talk about the follow-up stuff yeah, so there was a, a French news story afterwards that said, like, yeah, actually, he was apparently a terrible boss, like, bullied his employees, stuff like that. And his response to it was, I don't know how to put it besides Trumpian, I guess, in a way. Like, he started with the words fake news. And that, to me, is an immediate thing, like, oh, no, you have more to defend than you're, you're saying out here. Yeah. But the fact that they just let him, they said, oh, they put out that nice little video. So, or he, I think, put out that video and they kind of let him do that of, yeah, I'm retiring to go to an animal conservatory. And then they did the tweets like, we wish Mich- Michelle Ansel the best. Like, no, clearly he left because these internal investigations were going on and something bad was about to come out and they were... He's like, fuck this. Yeah. yeah. And they just let him and they didn't say anything. So it makes me think they are not taking it that seriously unless they just kind of want to like make all these changes internally like little by little and kind of hope no one notices and that's for as dramatic as it was when this happened they need to match that level of like gravitas and drama as well in their attempts to fix it by saying hey we're doing this publicly we're doing this transparently we want we know we are not just a company of employees but we're like a company that looks out for its employees and they they have a long road to go, and I'm interested to follow how that goes. Yeah. And I will say, I, I think that they have made a lot of decisions and, and have done a lot on the lower levels uh, that seem to be in the right direction. But then that is not just saying, oh, you're, you're doing right, because there's still obstacles every which way where it's like not putting that message in the Ubisoft forward is inexcusable honestly yeah. like there's just that that is the such a spit in the face to all the hardworking people at ubisoft that are on the right side of this that want this to be fixed that want to be better and see better around them and stand by that message they're the reason that message happened right 
Like yeah. it's, there, there was a, a, a reason that the, the higher ups were like, fuck, we need to do something. And what they did was I kind of put a bandaid on when it really needed surgery. Yeah, it's there. This is no, there's no simple and easy answer. And I'm sure they'd love to move past it. Last time I checked the VOD, that message still like that Eve's email message was still not there. So who knows? Like, even though they promised at some point they would try and add it. So, Tim, I'm excited to find out if someday they add that message to the VOD, but that's so far away. So specific. <laughs> if I wanted to know what's coming to Mom and Grouch Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today. Foregone is out on PS4 and Switch. I've been playing a bit of that on Epic Games Store. It's actually a neat little Dead Cells-like. Right. Throw Me in the River is out on PC. Drone Glitch is out on PC. Synth Swinger is out on PC. Okay. <laughs> I assume it is not the kind of swinger we expect it to be. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. People, look, consenting adults can do what they want. Zoff is out on PC. Space Grunt is out on Switch. There's new free DLC... For the 3000th duel, the wise ones is out today on Switch. New dates Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, which we mentioned earlier, out on PS4, Xbox One, PC, November 6th, and then on Switch on November 13th. Uh, Digital, Devolver Digital's Disc Room is listening to PC and Switch on October 22nd. DuckDuckGo, Ponpu to release November 5th for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And Steve comes to Smash Brothers Ultimate along with new costumes like Travis Touchdown and Bowerman October 13th. R.I.P. The Blessing Dream, man. <laughs> uh, I, I really felt bad for him when I saw that. It's it's weird. And, like, honestly, Travis Touchdown in Smash, I would have welcomed with open arms, for sure. Yeah. Having said that, I feel like he should have been in in Brawl. And that was a long time ago. And I know that No More Heroes 3 is coming out. But I, I just feel like this is the type of representation for No More Heroes in Smash that I'm like, this feels a little bit more appropriate given the times. Yeah. You know, it's it's there, which, I mean, I find the me confirmations good because that means speculation can, like, narrow down a little bit of, like... Totally. Like, if we got my, a Minecraft Steve me costume a while ago, then no one would be like, oh, yeah, Minecraft Steve is coming. Yeah, so exactly. So now we know it's not Travis Touchdown. So. Which is, like, we're, lo- like, there are fewer and fewer people, it might be, that yeah. we can predict, that we can expect, or at least, you know, hypothesize about. Yeah. Exciting times, though. Five left, Imran. Five left. Is it five or four? Uh, No, it's four. Four left. Because it was six with Min Min, then Steve, now four. Yeah. All right. We talked a little about Ghost of Tsushima earlier. Did you know it's on sale on USPSN for $44.99? Digital Deluxe Edition is $55.29, and you could buy it at Gamefly for $39.99. Now it's time for some reader mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free and speak of ads. This episode of the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show is brought to you by Up start ladies and gentlemen during these economically turbulent times everyone is looking for a way to feel more financially secure so if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high interest credit card debt it's time you checked out upstart the revolutionary online lending platform that knows that you are more than just your credit score now's the time to find out how low your upstart rate can be to help off high 
to help pay off high interest credit card debt. Uh, one of my best friends had uh, some debt issues and Upstart helped him consolidate it all into one monthly payment. It was a lot easier to, to figure out and he's about to pay it all off if he hasn't already. I think he might have paid it all off a couple months ago. But anyways, it was a long journey and that journey was helped out by Upstart. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from 1000 up to 50000 so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Uh, free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. You can see why Upstart has 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. Again, that's upstart.com slash kfgames. Next up, shout out to Quip. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's new smart electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products gift cards and more you probably heard us talk about quip a million times but this is something brand new that rewards you and your mouth the quip smart brush connects to the quip app with bluetooth you can track when and how well you brush you can get tips and coaching to improve your habits earn points for daily brushing brushing and bonus points for completing challenges they're turning this into an rpg i love it redeem for rewards like free products gift cards and discounts uh, Greg just ordered his last night because, of course, he wants to gamify everything that he does. Uh, I need to get on this because that does sound cool. If you already have a Quip, you can upgrade it with a smart mortar and keep the features you know and love, like the sensitive sonic vibrations, the two-minute timer. It's slim. It's lightweight. It's sleek. I'd go as far as saying it's sexy. Uh, multi-use travel cover that doubles as a mirror mount for less clutter. It's great. This thing is fantastic uh beyond the brush quip has everything you need to build a complete routine like floss and eco-friendly solar power battery charger to power your quip with the sunshine uh you can join over 5 million mouths who use quip and save hundreds compared to other bluetooth brushes when you get a quip smart brush for just 45 bucks starting you can start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com games that's getquip.com games uh right now to get your first refill free Again, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash games. Finally, shout out to Brooklinen. You probably heard us talk about Brooklinen before. They're also the home of the Internet's favorite sheets, but their towels, they're also amazing. Greg Miller dries his body each and every day with a fluffy Brooklinen towel. He loves, and you will too. I've been using the sheets forever. I love them. We actually just got some new ones, uh, and Moose is a big fan too. So these are dog-friendly sheets. Uh, with all this extra time at home, it might be nice to invest in a little extra softness and absorbency. That's perfectly fine to stay in your towel all day after you shower. Sometimes Greg hosts the show this very show in towel until Kevin tells him he has to knock it off. Uh, Brooklyn is the perfect place to find all of the comforts for home, including ultra soft towels. Uh, use promo code GAMES for 10% off your first order at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code GAMES. Brooklinen.com, promo code GAMES. Back to it, Imran. So Greg sent that picture of the ex- – like it's in the Discord yep. chat. I, yeah, I, I added it to the Discord chat to grab your attention. Yeah, that maybe I deserve a star. I don't know. Mm, you know what, sure. Mm. <laughs> God, he needs to be stopped. <laughs> Here's the question, though: What if what happens if Kevin gets too many? Is there like a a star cap? Like after twenty five, is he gonna stop trying? Oh, hundred oh, percent. Unless I'm probably another pizza party. <laughs> but yeah, that that. That Xbox Series X is gigantic. That's a big also, boy. 
I did not realize that stand does not come off. That it is there even if you turn that thing sideways. Oh, that's not good. Is that the stand? <laughs> that's the stand, yeah. Does it come off, though? Or is Greg just a dum-dum? That's a big question. I think we need to call need to, Greg. I'm calling Greg Miller because yeah, I need you. to know. Because that is, I need that to is know. ugly. Because like that, th- it looks like it's holding up the like the actual TV stand part of the TV stand. Oh, this motherfucker! Oh, he's probably at the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, the chat is saying that it does not come off. That is ridiculous. Because like, who the hell has the room to put that thing up vertically? It Which looks- I get, that's what they're trying to do. It looks like it just tipped over. Like it's not supposed yeah, to be. Ver- yeah. It looks like it. It looks like if we don't stand it up, it might die in the next couple days. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to that wiener dog. Yeah. No, it freaks me out. No, thank you. No, it thank looks you. like like what are the, you know what I'm talking about? Like these really old Christmas yep. decorations. Yep. That are like from the 20s on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, hey, shout been. out to the Xbox One X. I assume that's down there. Now under the, the the little setup, just hiding in shame. Nobody needs you. Nobody yeah, needs you. Funny. I was like, yeah, it is. Mm. <laughs> All right, we're gonna skip reader mail for a bit because we're running low. So let's go straight to your wrong, where you guys can tell us what we got wrong through the show. Cyberpunk 2077. Wow. Uh, will support ultra wide displays at launch, but does it support super ultra wides? I'm talking hmm. about 5,100 by 4,400. Damn, that sounds like you made that number up. That's how ridiculously wide that is, Tim Tam. Yeah, I did make that number up. I, I totally said that wrong. Oh. It's <laughs> 5,120 by 1440. I'm going to tweet at Roddick and ask him if it's like if that is a super if, wide resolution is in the game. If it supports super ultra wide. Super ultra wide. Super ultra wide. That, that at that point, that becomes like a My Hero Academia like superhero move. Yeah, yeah, Ron, and that's how I live my life. Okay, <laughs> with the super ultra wide. Uh, Frank Furter writes in the loudness. I assume this is referring to PS4 Pro. The loudness doesn't necessarily mean the inside is dirty. Most of them get loud due to thermal paste being messed up and the fan having to make make up for the fact that the internals aren't being cooled properly. Change the thermal paste, and it'll be fine. People have told me this before, and no, I will not open up my console as a change of thermal paste because that's like antithetical to the point of a console. I will open my PC up to dust things off every two weeks, but I will not open up my console because one, I lose the warranty, and two, He's I bought a console. Yeah, I bought a console to not do this for it to work from day one and like continue working. Yeah. I kind of want to get in there now, Tim. You want me to get in yours? To my PS4? <laughs> yeah. No. Smear some of that uh, that uh, heat paste in there. Come on, <laughs> let me get in there. Someone tell me about the super ultra wide. I need to know. Yeah. Sam Fisher was released a couple of weeks ago in Siege. Okay. All right. So that's most of what we and they did say the Series X stand can't be removed. So fuck that. I guess. Like, I'm gonna have to figure out a way to position that that is not that dumb looking, because that is that is kind of annoying. <laughs> All right. Your host for tomorrow will be, presumably, Blessing and FM3 underscore Fran Mirabella. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get Blessing back by tomorrow. We'll see. I, highly, highly doubt it. Highly I, doubt it. I am pulling for him. But if not, let's say, let's say question mark. <laughs> yeah. We don't know quite yet. Mm-mm. And send Blessings to like Sweet Nasty Love on Twitter. I'm Absolutely. Sure Please do that. 
right. Now it's time for the post show. Support the silver membership or above on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Get this. Tim, thank you. Always mm-hmm. a thank pleasure. You. Always. We'll, we'll see you all next time on Games Daily.